What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about two movies, Operation Finale, and a simple favor. Let's start with Operation Finale. Operation Finale is a movie starring Oscar Isaac. The plot of this movie is that Israel intelligent officers go into Argentina to hunt down one of the last big Nazi leaders named Adolf Eichmann. Eichmann is responsible for over 6,000 deaths to Jewish communities alike. And, of course, Israel is interested in making Eichmann go on trial for his crimes against humanity. And this movie is a historical drama. It's thriller at moments. I really enjoyed elements of this movie. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. By far, and no one should be surprised by that. But it was better than what I expected it to be based on what I've heard from reviews and stuff like that. But l- let's talk about what I liked about Operation Finale. First of all, the lead actor, Oscar Isaac, delivers another emotional performance. He is at his best when he is playing morally good people who have a little rebellious side. Like, for instance, in this movie, his character, Peter Malkin, is one of the people who has to stay with... Adolf Eichmann and make sure, by the way, they capture him to make sure he doesn't escape. And throughout the movie, they're told not to talk to him. Well, Peter Malkin breaks those rules and he is the one who ultimately gets a lot out of Adolf Eichmann. And they kind of grow this weird connection of enemy slash, not friend, but I mean, they're close in a way to each other than you would expect. And again, Adolf Eichmann doesn't think of himself as a malicious war villain. He thinks of himself as somebody who defended his country. And Adolf Eichmann is played by Sir Ben Kingsley, who, by the way, is great as a villain trying to get away from his past. And again, he says it's loyalty to his country, which a lot of people are going to understand when you see this movie. But again, it doesn't make up for the fact that he was the man in charge. He didn't physically kill 6,000 people. He was in charge of an attack that killed 6,000 Jewish people, and he imprisoned them and tortured them and did all kind of horrific things. But again, he's a guy who has a family at this point of his life. He's in Argentina. He's trying to get away from his past, and here are these guys years, decades later, bringing it up to him. And it's a very interesting relationship between Oscar Isaac and Sir Ben Kingsley in this movie that I find really interesting. Another one is Oscar Isaac and Melanie Laurent. Melanie Laurent is from the movie Inglorious Bastards. She was also in Now You See Me with Mark Ruffalo. She has insane chemistry with Oscar Isaac. Interesting things in the movie is their relationship with this, of obviously this greater cause to get this Nazi villain. But I mean, their relationship, it just... She she knows that he's a rebellion person. She's like edging him on to do these things. It's interesting. She's always on his side. I think it's one of the things that really makes this movie work for me. And again, I just think Oscar Isaac is delivering so many good performance after good performance ever since he worked with the Coen brothers on Inside Lewin Davis. He's just been in Star Wars. He's been in Drive. He's been in so many great movies. Triple Frontier, which I've talked about on this podcast. 
He is one of the top five best actors working today in Hollywood. And this movie has so many turns of whether or not you think Eichmann is going to escape because his Nazi pals are trying to get him out. And again, there's this overall plot like Eichmann, before they catch him, is trying to become like a political figure in Argentina. So maybe he isn't fully trying to get away from his dark past. But it's just, it's so many twists and turns and you... Them trying to get out of the country in the end is intense, and Peter Malkin eventually, spoiler alert, stays in the country while they go away with Eichmann, but he makes it out fine. I mean, there's so many, maybe the movie didn't go fully into the thriller that it could have been, but I really think at points of it, it really works as a historical drama slash thriller. And the director of this is Chris Weitz. And Chris Weitz, for those of you who don't know Chris Weitz's background, he co-directed the American Pie movie with his brother. He's been a producer on that for ages. He directed About a Boy. I mean, this guy can direct literally any genre of movie. He wrote the scripts for Cinderella and Star Wars Rogue One, the recent Cinderella with Lily James and Star Wars Rogue One, which, by the way, was a massive, huge success. I think what's so interesting about Chris White is he can work on a grand scale like Star Wars, but also make the smaller movies like About a Boy. And this one is somewhere in the middle of the large scale and small scale. I mean, the large scale is that they're after this Nazi villain for his past. The small scale is this romantic relationship between... Oscar Isaac's character and Melanie Laurent's character. I mean, there's a small scale to this movie. It's not huge. It's not battles. It's just trying to go after Israel's police officers going after an old Nazi villain. I mean, there's not a lot of violence in this movie, but still, the you go, you get, you get, you go back into the past with flashbacks that show the horrific fates of some of the family members of these characters, and it's just, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's an intense movie, and it's somewhere in between those small-scale things and a massive scale, and I think this movie, again, it doesn't go all the way like it could have. It's not an A-plus movie. It's more of a B movie to me, but I still think it's an important movie to watch. Like, I think I got a lot out of it. Just, by the way, I will literally watch Oscar Isaac sit on a couch at this point in a movie for four hours. Like, uh, that guy's that interesting to me. And again, there's a lot of really good performances. Nick Kroll is in the movie. A lot of comedy fans know him. He has a serious role in this movie, and he can work as a serious actor. I think it's a really, really good movie. I do. I, I would give it a B-plus type of movie. It's not the best movie it could have been. Like, I've heard about this movie for over a year, and I think it was better than I thought going into it. I do. I do. I... I'm not the biggest fan of the overall film. I think there was some... They could have been more. Like, I don't think you ever thought that they were really all in danger. I mean, you sort of felt that in the end of the movie when they're being chased out of the country. But for the most part, again, just them going after this guy was enough. Again, I I recommend you see this movie, Operation Finale. It's really good against Chris White's Oscar Isaac. I think it didn't do very well at the box office, and I'm not really sure why. Again, maybe because it's not on that grand scale of, say, a Dunkirk. Like, I think this really could have been a bigger scale movie. Like, they just decided to go after this one guy. And again, this is based on a real story, so... There's not too much you can make it go on that grand scale, but you should definitely see 
operation finale. Again, Oscar Isaac is in the prime of his career. This is the best time to see Oscar Isaac movies is right now. Switching gears, let's talk about the outright thriller, A Simple Favor, directed by Paul Feig. It stars Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Anna Kendrick is Rachel, a single mom raising a kid who is a... She is playing somebody who is... um. She's a she's really invested in everything her child does. She's a super mom basically in this movie. And she plays Stephanie Blake Lively is more of a um interesting you don't really know a lot about her until the middle of the movie type of. She's not really that invested or maybe interested in her child's life, but I don't know. She plays Emily. They they have an unlikely friendship, and then she asks her to do the simple favor and pick up her kid, and Emily goes missing. And that's when the movie suddenly goes bonkers. Now, the way Blake Lively plays Emily, I'll say this, she is cruel and compelling at the same time. And it's spontaneous because you never know the next thing that's going to come out of Blake Lively's mouth. You don't know where the movie is going at any time in the movie. You have to really follow the whole movie. It doesn't do... There's no glimpse into where it's going. I mean, I mean, I know it's based on a book, so if you read the book, you know where it's going. But I hadn't, so I never knew where it was going. And to me, that was really interesting because there were times where, of course, maybe it would have been helpful. But again, to see the whole thing... It's brilliant to see it in the middles. You're like, oh, wow, this is insane. This is nuts. I have no idea what's going on right now. Again, there's a lot of crazy backstory to Anna Kendrick's Stephanie. Again, Anna Kendrick is great at being both hilarious and dramatic. And there's a lot of weird backstory of Stephanie and Emily that you kind of like you hear it the first time and you're like, okay, how is this going to unfold in the whole plot of the movie? And then it does really brilliantly. Again, the director of this movie is Paul Feig, and Paul Feig is famous for directing Bridesmaids in the spy movie with uh, Melissa McCarthy. And, and again, it's he's so much more than a comedic director at this point. I mean, he really proves he can do more than just comedy, although there is some really brilliant comedy between Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. And I find that to be fascinating the mix between comedy and this movie. It's nuts. It could have been a full-on out drama, but the fact that Anna Kendrick has this annoying web show, she has a vlog that's kind of funny. I don't know if that part of it is really meant to be that funny, but it's kind of funny Anna Kendrick going online and being like, hey moms, throughout the entire movie on her vlog that she gets a lot of people watching about this mystery of what happened to this lady, Emily. And again, okay, I want to talk about this guy in this movie, Henry Golding. He had, what a year for Henry Golding. He was in Crazy Rich Asians and this, and those are two opposite roles. In Crazy Rich Asians, he could not have been more likable. In this movie, A Simple Favor, he could not have been more unlikable. Again, he's just, they're so opposite of the spectrum between likable and unlikable. And I think he does a great job. Again, there are points in this movie where you really feel bad for him because he's trapped in this marriage that he doesn't really, he seems to not like the up and down of Blake Lively's character. And then he, spoiler alert, kind of falls in love with Stephanie. Or does he? We'll never really know if that was real love or not. But again, it's so messed up, his character in this movie. It's just, 
he, it's so different than what he did in Crazy Rich Asians. And those two movies could not be any more different. But it's why I have more respect for him as an actor. Because he could definitely get trapped in just being the Crazy Rich Asians nice guy. And for him to play a character maybe a little bit more compelling in A Simple Favor is interesting for me to see. And it really proves he's probably going to have a decent career as an actor, hopefully, in big time movies. I mean, those are two of my top 20 movies of last year, Crazy Rich Asians and A Simple Favor, and he could not have been better in them if he tried. They are both dynamite performances from Henry Golding. Look, be on the lookout for this guy in movies, because if he's in it, it's probably pretty good. Two more supporting actors in this movie that I think are just nuts. Linda Cardellini is famous at this point for being in Freaks and Geeks. She was in Avengers Age of Ultron. She comes in this movie as this crazy art artist, and it's just nuts. She kind of just takes over the movie for five minutes, and you're like, what is going on with this character? It's nuts. And then Andrew Rannells, who, he's a Broadway actor. He was in The Intern with, he was in The Intern with Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. He is a fascinating actor to me. It's, again, he doesn't really take over this movie until the end. I mean, you don't really understand his importance in the movie until the end where he kind of saves Rachel's life. Spoiler alert. But still, it, it's so interesting to me. He's just playing these small, pivotal roles in these movies. And you're wondering if he's ever going to get the chance to be a lead actor in movies, because at this point, he really hasn't. I mean, in The Intern, it seems like he's going to be a bigger part of that movie as Anne Hathaway's main guy, and then he kind of disappears throughout the movie. In this movie, he kind of disappears in the middle of it, and then comes back and plays a pivotal role in the end of the movie, and you're kind of wondering where Andrew Reynolds' career is going right now. Is he just going to be the supporting actor type guy, or is he going to get bigger roles in bigger movies? Again, I found him fine in this movie. It works. But he seems to be a pretty good actor. I mean, he's on Broadway. He's been nominated for stuff. When is it his time to be big in movies? Because it really hasn't come yet. Again, I've seen him in two movies, The Intern and this. And again, he disappears for times. And in The Intern, he never comes back in the movie at all. And I find that strange. I mean... I don't know. Uh, he's good in this movie. And again, Linda Cardellini, she just takes over the movie for a good five minutes. And you're like, what on earth is happening? Why is Hawkeye's wife doing this? It's nuts what's happening with her in this particular performance. I mean, this movie overall just adds to the the genre of thriller, which I say is my favorite genre of all time. You have movies like Seven by David Fincher, Fight Club, again by Fincher. It just adds to Inception by Christopher Nolan. Paul, Fee, Paul Feig just adds to amazing thriller movies. There's no movies as good as a great thriller if you can pull it off. It is nuts when they come together because there's so many twists and turns. There's complicated characters. Thrillers are usually fast-paced. When you get a thriller right, there is no better movie genre. Not comedies, not actions, not anything. Not a good drama. Again, a thriller is the best overall genre of movies. You could have this argument with me. I mean, 
The movie Seven just has so many ridiculous turns with Brad Pitt. This movie with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. David Fincher's Gone Girl. I think this movie most resembles Gone Girl. If you're going to have what you think a simple favor is going to be. Again, maybe you could make connections between the Blake Lively character and this and the Roseman Pike character and Gone Girl. I think there's some real connections between those these characters in that movie. I mean, that movie is based on a hit book. This movie is based on a hit book. I just think there's so many particular things that you can compare to that movie to this movie. I mean, the insanity that Blake Lively goes through and the insanity that Roseman Pike's character goes through. I mean, I was thinking it as watching it. This is the closest thing since Gone Girl in the genre of thriller slash crazy wife, whatever you want to say, Blake Lively's character. I think this movie also makes you think that Blake Lively is a better actress overall. So listen, I've seen her in the town. She's the worst part in the town. No offense to her. The accent did not work out for her in the town. And again, I really haven't seen her other movies that much. Green Lantern is a huge miss. But this movie, she really, she's not the lead character in there at times. There's a long time in the movie where she's gone. But I think what she does is insane. It's compelling. She's cruel. She's interesting. You you don't know what's coming out of her mouth. I think that's really weird. I think Anna Kendrick is the straight, more straightforward character. Although there's an interesting backstory to Anna Kendrick's. I think she's a far interesting, far less interesting character to Blake Lively's. Blake, again... Spoiler alert, a little bit. Anna Kendrick develops more insane by hanging out with Blake Lively. Like, I think she gets more used to being around the nonsense that she becomes a part of it. And her character definitely grows more than Blake Lively's character. Like, Blake Lively is the same person throughout the movie. Anna Kendrick's character of Stephanie is growing throughout the movie. I mean, she begins this romantic relationship with Blake Lively's ex-husband Henry Golding's character and it's like whoa what's going on here she's developing from the mom who's into everything about school life into maybe having more of a personal life and figuring out a huge mystery like it's insane where this movie goes and and again I think it says a lot about these these actors and Paul Feig that you you wouldn't expect Paul Feig, Anna Kendrick, and Blake Lively to pull this off. And I think that's another thing that's just great about movies is what makes this work is so weird that you wouldn't expect funny Anna Kendrick to be in this I mean, the last few things I've seen Anna Kendrick in is Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. It, Again, something like that where she's funny and hilarious and pitch perfect movies. Like you wouldn't expect the pitch perfect girl to be in this thriller about uh, murder and stuff like that. Like it's nuts. It's nuts that this actor, that these pair of actresses were probably perfect for these roles. Again, that's what, what makes things, things great. That Anna Kendrick can be the pitch perfect person and can be in Mike and Dave need wedding dates and can be in a movie like A Simple Favor. It just makes everything work beautifully. And this movie could not be any better to me. I thought it was way better than what I expected. I thought it was going to be not as good. And it turned out to be intense. Intense watch. And for two hours, it did not feel like a two-hour movie. It felt really fast-paced because you had to really pay attention. I love movies that make me think. And this movie made me think a lot. 
it made me think about who were the good guys, who were the bad guys. I mean, there were at times where you hate the Stephanie character. There are times where you love the Emily character, but then you start to hate her again. And then Henry Golding's character, do you have a love-hate relationship with? And then there again, there's these crazy supporting characters played by Linda Cardellini and Andrew Reynolds. You're just trying to fit everyone into everything. Who's a suspect for the murder? And then you find out maybe there wasn't a murder. I mean, there's just so much elements to this movie that it's just a really good watch but you really need to pay attention to it and that's what makes a great movie a great movie a movie that can take you and just make you watch it and pay attention and care what's going on that's what makes this movie great a simple favor i cannot recommend it anymore it is a really good movie it's just as good if not better than a movie like gone girl and it really adds a new dimension to the thriller genre which finally is the best genre of movies without a doubt in my mind thanks again for listening to this edition of pop culture spotlight i'm cameron mckinney there'll be a new episode of pop culture spotlight every thursday on apple podcasts and iTunes. This week I put the spotlight on Operation Finale and a simple favor. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on actress Rooney Mara and the movie Wildlife. Tune into that. Tune into this podcast and thanks again for listening and please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. (laughs) 